0: The Heart Connection Podcast, lovelies. This is a place to connect, to inspire, to heal and to empower you to live a healthy, happy and purposeful life from your heart. I'm Pavlina Yuroshkova, your host. I'm an intuitive health and life coach and I help women to connect to themselves, to step into their power and their purpose and to heal from within. I believe that all issues we are experiencing in life physical, mental, and emotional, arise from being disconnected from your heart, from your true self, and I'm going to help you to open your mind, to connect to your heart, and to heal from within. So let's dive right in. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Heart Connection Podcast, my beautiful friends. Today I am so happy to welcome my friend Becky Corbett aka the Gentle Living Nurse to the podcast. She's a holistic nurse and a coach for the highly sensitive soul based in sunny Brisbane, Australia. And on today's interview we talk about Becky's healing journey with burnout, chronic anxiety and stress how she overcame burnout, and what is her gentle living philosophy, which she developed by healing herself. And we talk about who is a highly sensitive person and how you can take care of yourself as a highly sensitive person how can you know if you are a highly sensitive person and how you can nurture your nervous system and we also speak about not just highly sensitive people in social media, but people in social media in general and about social media addiction and about conscious a conscious approach to social media use and the importance of boundaries, limiting social media use or even leaving social media. And one thing that I loved that Becky mentioned was if, for example, Instagram was a physical place, would you want to go there? You know, would it be too overwhelming? Would it be too much? So maybe how you set your boundaries, how you, when you decide who to follow, how to live in social media, use how often to go there and so on. What can you, what can come out of it? And We even speak about doing business without social media because Becky actually decided to leave social media as a business owner for good a few months ago and she speaks about her experience and so many other things. It's such a juicy conversation and I'm so excited to share it with you. So without further ado, let's go to the interview with Becky Covet. So today we've got Becky Corbett on the podcast and Becky is a holistic registered nurse with a graduate diploma in psychology and she's based in Brisbane, Australia. And Becky calls herself the gentle living nurse. And she says that gentle living supported her to nurture her nervous system through combining elements of science, spirituality and intuition. And her mission is to support other highly sensitive people, particularly within the healthcare, healing, other crea- healing or other creative arts to heal from chronic anxiety and stress and to restore in state of natural inner calm, balance and well-being through creating their own gentle living journeys. Welcome to the Heart Connection podcast, Becky. So good to have you here.
1: Oh, hello, Pavlina, and thank you for having me and thank you for such a lovely introduction. It's really good to be here with you. It's um, well, it's evening here and I guess it's day for you. We're on opposite sides of the world. <laughs> yes,
0: I'm in Prague, so I think we've got like a eight-hour difference, ten-hour difference, something like that. So, yes. Yes, yes, morning here, but it's amazing how we can connect and we actually mm. connected through through a woman's mastermind even though we live on the other side of the world and we've been in touch ever since and I've been a guest on your podcast so mm. we,
1: yes that that,
0: fun. that's been really lovely so thank you for being here with me on the heart connection podcast and I'm so excited for our conversation oh me too
1: thank you
0: so to start I would love to I would love for you to share your story with your with the listeners your journey how did you become the gentle living nurse what's what's the reason behind it why gentle living tell us all about mm. it please
1: yes yes where do I start well I would like to begin by um, acknowledging the country on which I'm on. So I'm in Australia, but um, something that a lot of us do here in Australia is we like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we meet. So I am living and working on a turbo country at the moment. I'd like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging so, okay, where do I start? Yes. So, hello, everyone. Um, my name's Becky uh, as per Pavlina's introduction. So, I've been a registered nurse for about 12 years now. Um, I've worked across the hospital system. I've worked in paediatrics with children. I've worked in mental health. And um, I've had a couple of burnouts as well, which probably I know that you've experienced burnout, mm. Pavlina, and I know probably a lot of your listeners have experienced burnout too. Yeah. Um, Um, one degree or another as well. It does affect those of us who are quite sensitive. But even if you know you don't identify as being sensitive, it is a big problem for a lot of a lot of people in this modern day age. So yes, having worked in the hospital healthcare system as a nurse, I was originally drawn to the profession um, through a love of learning and healthcare and um, improving people's health and I found working in the healthcare system really burnt me out because well, especially in the Western healthcare model, it's very much directional as in you're the expert, you're the nurse or you're the doctor. You have to tell people what to do. They don't have much choice really. It's not very empowering. Mm. Um, and I found that to be quite training because you go on to a shift or you start working with people and you're expected to uh, dish out some one-size-fits-all approaches for people. And that became really, really exhausting. There was no, it was purely sort of looked at in a physical, scientific viewpoint, and I am a science nerd. I love science, and it's very much a part of the work that I do still now, but it was really lacking a lot of other things. So there was lacking sort of emotional support for patients, also emotional support for nurses. A lot of nurses burn out. Um, The spirituality side of things was completely ignored. Mm. And, yeah, I just, I experienced burnout from not only that side of things but also working so many shifts, doing odd hours, working in an environment which was Um, really sensory overload there's alarms going off there's bells going the lights are really overwhelming the smells are terrible (laughs) all those types of things Mm. and I suppose I've always been quite a sensitive person and um, reflecting back now looking at my childhood I was always quite an anxious child and I was very sensitive to my surroundings and I suppose as I grew in a loving family and a loving household, but I suppose when you sort of, when you grow up sensitive, you you sort of feel like you're a little bit different and you sort of feel as though um, you're a bit strange because you're sort of bothered by things that other people don't seem to be bothered by. And that was certainly the case for me in the healthcare system. So after a couple of burnouts within the healthcare system and while I was on an overseas trip back in 20, or well, when was it? Around the end of 2018, um, I was in India and I had a really terrible panic attack while I was over there. And it sort of just hit over me, I suppose. I just realised, oh, gosh, my life is a mess at the moment. I was doing all the wrong things for my health. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I was drinking a lot of alcohol to deal with the stress. Mm. Um, I wasn't eating well. Um, I wasn't paying much attention to my relationships. I was I had no boundaries. I wasn't saying no to Um, extra shifts I was just saying yes to everything and just completely depleting myself and so I got home from that trip and I decided right I need to do some serious work here I need to address myself holistically really take care of my body my mind and my spirit again Um, and shortly after that I quit the job that I was in at that time to just to work in something that was a little less high stress for me and to really address um, my nervous system health so I really took care of my nervous system by doing all the things that really nourished me so um, I really took exercise seriously I used to hate exercise in the past but I found mm-hmm. something found Pilates which I really enjoyed and I was walking and eating properly and doing the meditation doing in self-care I guess isn't always glamorous it's doing some things that you don't want to do or things that are a bit uncomfortable Um, and that's sort of around the time that I started to develop my gentle living philosophy Mm. so I originally developed it for myself and my own healing journey having been a chronically anxious person and over time I thought this is something that I want to share with other people um this is something that I think other people would really benefit from because I know that burnout and anxiety is a big problem for a lot of people and so I yeah I created my own business and now I support long story short (laughs) I support other highly sensitive people and I'll explain what that is as well Mm, yeah that was my next question Yes, yes. So I support highly sensitives to take care of their nervous system so that uh, they can flourish and thrive in the world. Yeah, mm.
0: oh, That's beautiful. Yeah, maybe for those of our listeners who don't know what a high, highly sensitive person is, would you mind explaining mm. a bit more?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the work has been pioneered by a um researcher and therapist based in the United States, Dr. Elaine Aron. So she's done a lot of research and she discovered this trait of high sensitivity. So high sensitivity is it's a trait that we're born with. It's innate. It's um, about 20% of us, roughly, are born with this trait. So it's not, I just want to emphasize, it's not a disorder, it's not a mental illness, it's not a flaw. It simply means that we've been born with a more sensitive nervous system, mm. which means we're more perceptive to the environment around us. So we can become overwhelmed quite easily. And we do live in quite a noisy world. Um, and a world that's sort of, you know, there's so many sights and sounds and smells and things going on and people to interact with and especially in the modern day world, social media, and, um, you know, we're all working remotely uh, a lot more these days as well. So all of these things are quite um, overwhelming or can be overwhelming to the highly sensitive person. Mm. So as a highly sensitive person, the way I like to see it is that we experience the world in color. So Mm. things like we're very perceptive to energies in the environment. We're very perceptive to um, the sensory stuff like the sounds and smells and sights. We've got a very deep inner world. So we have a very rich imagination, which makes us quite creative. Mm. Uh, We're very intuitive as well. So we can really detect subtleties within the environment and um And sort of, I guess, yeah, a lot of highly sensitive people say that they can walk into a room and really feel the energy. You can sort of tell whether there's been a fight or whether there's been a bit of, Settle within the room or whether it's a harmonious environment Uh, and a lot of us aren't necessarily consciously aware of it we just think that that's normal for everyone but it's Mm. it's actually not we're just we're very deep senses so some signs that you might be highly sensitive and the other thing I just want to touch on too is as I think there's a lot of negativity around the word sensitive. Mm, So a lot of people that I have worked with or even incidentally had conversations with about being highly sensitive sort of think that it's an abnormality or there's something wrong with being sensitive, Um, but it's not. It's just you're sensitive to the environment. Mm. So... um, as a highly sensitive person, you value deep relationships. So we're not, we don't really like fakeness or inauthent- inauthenticity. Mm. Um, we really value that deep, meaningful connection. I know for myself, I get quite drained with small talk. I prefer to have deep conversations with people. Me too. <laughs> Um, and I know you do too. Yeah. <laughs> um, we we seek truth and meaning. So, again, it's coming to that authenticity. We don't like to sort of skim on the surface. We like to understand the truth or the depth of a situation. Um, we're often very moved by beauty or the arts. You might have found yourself being quite um, maybe crying by beautiful art or by Mm. Um, some joyous occasion or music or whatever it may be. Those those types of things really touch you. Mm. Um, you also know how to make others feel at ease because we're very good at detecting energy in an environment. We're very good at detecting whether someone's uncomfortable or if they're upset and so we know how to navigate that situation and make people feel at ease. And the other gift that we hold too is that we're very intuitive. So, again, coming back to being able to to detect those subtleties, we do have quite deep intuition, but sometimes that is masked by anxiety because if our Mm. nervous systems are overwhelmed, we're not taking care of ourselves, uh, we do feel quite anxious and that can kind of um, dampen down the intuition that we've got access to. So that in a nutshell is high sensitivity so um, I hope that that makes sense and I'm sure and I'm suspecting that probably the majority of your listeners listening to this are probably sensitive
0: (laughs) yeah I I was actually going to say that I mean I don't like to put labels on things so I don't Mm -hmm. although I am quite sensitive I've never seen myself as a highly sensitive person but I have a feeling that most of us who are intuitive who are maybe identifying as light workers or stasis or healers that most of us are highly sensitive and i actually like to see this as a superpower rather than a flaw or something negative Mm. because we are highly intuitive. We we are like you said. We can put people at ease. We can we can feel into people's emotions and all these other things. We are highly creative, and although it can be overwhelming at times, it's so important to take care of ourselves so we can help others as well. So maybe would you mind mm-hmm. talking about the self-care part? What, what, you know, what would you recommend someone who is highly sensitive or I I've been told so many times I'm too sensitive. So if, if that's, mm-hmm. if that's true for some of the listeners, how can they take care of themselves? So, you know, so they are not so, so overwhelmed or anxious. Mm-hmm. What would you say Definitely. are some tips?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I totally agree with you. I know I'm, I'm very much one for not labelling things too much. And I suppose it depends where you sort of sit. Like some people find it validating to name Know what they're going through, and other people like to not have sort of a name to something or not to categorize themselves. Mm. But basically, um, yeah, if we're just thinking of it more so as a trait and the way that we sort of navigate the world is just a little bit differently. Um, and yes, we certainly need to address our self-care a little bit differently too, to what the non-highly sensitive person does. Um, and that's not to say that we're better than or we're less than than the non-highly sensitive person, Mm. it's just different, it's just the way. That we yeah. approach the world and yes I've um yeah a lot of the time I think that's where a lot of the negative uh, perceptions around being highly sensitive come from because it's almost like an insult oh you're too sensitive mm-hmm. toughen up why are you getting so upset about that you're overreacting
0: yeah you're too emotional
1: Yes. Yes. All of those things. So I think mm. if we just own it, we're like, yeah, I am sensitive and that's fine. It's just the way I navigate the world. Um, but yes, yeah, self-care. So I found in my own experience and also with the work that I do to support highly sensitive people is that our focus really needs to be on Nurturing the nervous system, taking care Mm. of our nervous system because it is scientifically and studies have shown this as well that our nervous system so, if we think of the nervous system being the brain, our nerves, um, the way that we take in information from the environment because that is so sensitive, we need to make sure that we're doing the things to keep it nice and calm and at a nice baseline. So, I think big thing and especially in the modern day world is because we've got so much stimulation coming in from all different types of Mm. sources there's technology there's media there's social media there's noises happening around us i know my neighbors you know they'll be hammering away or soaring at something or doing the lawns. And I find that to be Mm -hmm. a little bit overwhelming sometimes. So I need to make sure that I'm taking care of the nervous system. Um, And the way that we can do that is just by being a bit more mindful of our environments. So if you know that, and again, we've all got differing degrees of what we can tolerate when it comes to, say, noise or sound or smell or pain. But if we're able to create an environment for us that's really nurturing, that is one of the most important things, I think, for uh, the highly sensitive person. It's important for everyone, but especially for the highly sensitive person. So, um, looking at your environment, are you living somewhere that's noisy? You might not be able to avoid that, but what can you put in your environment to make it a little bit more supportive to your nervous system? Can you maybe? putting sound blocks or can you put headphones in and listen to some nice soothing music? Um, What can you actually do to decrease that um, intake? The other thing is also reducing our intake to media. That's a huge one. So, you know, with everything that's happening in the news at the moment, it's very Mm. important to stay informed with everything that's happening. But also there comes a point that you can only take in too much and then you're internalising it. And oftentimes the brain can't actually tell whether something we're watching is something that we're personally experiencing or whether it's separate to us. So if you're taking in that a lot of the time, um, that's going to be overwhelming for you. The other thing that's really, really important for the highly sensitive person is boundaries. I think we do struggle mm. a lot with boundaries. We do. Um, we are drawn to healthcare, healing, helping, light work sort of professions, and so we want to. We want to make a difference. We want to support mm. other people. But then we often think that that means we have to give everything to other people and then we sort of neglect ourselves. So it's about saying no to things Mm. that aren't serving us or that are draining us. So be really mindful of the people that you're surrounding yourself with as well, whether that be friends, family, the clients you choose to work with, um, the people in your workspace, um, and actually, going back to um, news intake as well, I think I think Tim Ferris, I'm not sure he didn't talk, talk about this in relation to the highly sensitive person, but I think he's got a concept along the lines of
0: low low information diet. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? Yeah. I think I might have, yeah, some, something yeah. like that. But I'm, I'm not yeah. I'm not sure if, what is it, was it Tim Ferriss? I don't know. But, yeah, I might have heard. I think it. so. Yes,
1: I think I read it in the four-hour work week. But pretty much to you know, maintain your sanity and your creativity, mm-hmm. making sure that you're not consuming too much information, which is draining mm-hmm. to you. So that can be even conversations that you're having with other people. If you know that a certain person or a certain situation drains you, try to limit the intake of that as well. And on the flip side, we are sensory, sorry, we are um, uh, sensitive to negative stimuli I suppose in our environment but we're also very sensitive to the positive stimulus Mm. so we are very much perceptive to things like touch or massage the things that invigorate the senses so uh, things like smell so aromatherapy can be really therapeutic having nice lighting um, being in touch with nature is Mm. super super soothing for the highly sensitive person Um, meditation just sitting in stillness moving our bodies all of those things are very very powerful they're underrated but super powerful so I think I think that sort of summarizes it I think as a highly sensitive person you know intuitively what really suits you Mm. I know for myself I need a lot of quiet time I'm very much an introvert but side note to that uh, you can be an extrovert and you can be a highly sensitive person as well it's they're not They're completely different. So you can Mm. be an extrovert, but you can also be very sensitive to your environment. So I need both as a highly sensitive and as an introvert, I need lots of quiet time, lots of solitude, uh, soft music. I know that if I've spoken with a lot of clients in a day, uh, although I love my work, I need to go and then have some time out afterwards to just close my eyes, Mm. focus inwards again, uh, take care of myself and just to reduce the stimulation that's happened within my nervous system because we do take on a lot of other people's pain or issues or even other people's joy. You know, other people's happiness is great, but that can be overwhelming for us a little bit sometimes Mm. too.
0: So taking care of your own energy in those ways. Yeah, definitely. I I agree so much with all you've said. And although I'm probably not as introverted as you are, I'm somewhere in between. Like I have, Mm -hmm. I feel like in... I have sometimes I feel more extroverted sometimes a bit more mm. introverted but I definitely need time for myself although mm. I like to be amongst people who are especially those who are aligned with my energy but still I need time mm. for myself and yeah, nature is a big one for me. I definitely need lots of time in nature to decompress and connect to the earth, and yeah, get Ooh. get of the sensory overload. And yeah, sometimes just really staying quiet and closing my eyes and not receiving mm. anything. And, yeah, yes. or, or taking a few deep breaths. Like so, so many, yes. so many things, you, ways you can do that. But when Actually, someone already when someone's already experiencing burnout or going through burnout and this like Mm -hmm. overload, overwhelm, what what can they do then? How can they heal it or how can they, you know, overcome this?
1: Yeah, it's so tricky because I think burnout is so rife at the moment. And especially since the pandemic, there seems to be Mm. real significant. Crazy levels of burnout. It's something that's really common. When I speak about my experience about burnout with other people, um, I think about nine people out of ten would have some sort of an experience with burnout as well. So I think it's it's very difficult, but I think we need to perhaps address it at the root, at the source of mm-hmm. the burnout, because <laughs> we might. Yes, it's the same with anything, isn't it? Yeah. So um, I think. Yes, I found especially in one of the jobs that I was working when I was working in mental health, um, I was working with lovely people, but I think there was a lot of Band-Aid solutions. And what I mean by that is that you'd go to work, you'd have all this stress, um, you'd be carrying other people's trauma, and then the Band-Aid solution to that would be a bit of self-care. So it would be, okay, we'll go home, have a day off, have a bath. And you'd feel temporarily better, but then you go back and you do it, you'd be experiencing it again. So it almost cancelled out, you know, whatever self-care that you were doing. So I think one of the things that was really paramount for me was to really look at the environment that I was working in and to just mm. be honest with myself about is this is this right for me? Um, and it wasn't <laughs> and I think um, <laughs> for a lot of people it's just about being honest about the environment that they're working in so it might be the job itself that people enjoy but it may be that they're working with say toxic colleagues or hmm. uh, they're, they're working overtime, and also it doesn't to experience burnout, you don't need to necessarily be working long hours either. I think people think, oh, if you're burnt out, it means you have been working 15 hours a day, six days a week. Uh, you can still be working nine till five or even less mm. and still be experiencing burnout. And a lot of the time, I think burnout is, or the symptoms of burnout are normalised as just being stress. So the symptoms of burnout are things like, just being so fatigued and lethargic, despite having had lots of rest, no matter how much sleep you get, you're still exhausted, might be feeling quite cynical, you might be feeling quite anxious, quite depressed, uh, really detached from your work, sort of feeling like as though nothing is really bringing you joy. And so we need to look at what is actually causing that. And for myself, i know people that i've worked with too it's not until you actually walk away from that situation and Mm. and sort of think to yourself what what do i need to thrive what sort of environment do i need to thrive Uh, is that you know working certain hours i know that shift work didn't work for me it made me very feel very very anxious and Mm -hmm. constantly overwhelmed um and it's almost as though if you've experienced a burnout and you can probably relate to this Pavlina, it's almost as though your soul is dying in a way. Yeah. That's what it felt like for me. Mm. <laughs> your soul is just blah, like nothing is really bringing you joy. Um, and so I think it's about, yeah, being honest about your values as well. So although I love working with people and a lot of people that, working in helping healing healthcare professions love working with people um we can still take on a bit too much of their stuff and then become a bit overwhelmed so it goes back to implementing those boundaries i know for myself i needed more of a harmonious environment i mentioned mm. earlier about working in a hospital where there's sight sound smells too much going on wasn't for me I think hospitals are the worst places for healing, to be honest. They're meant to be places where we go to heal and feel better, but they're set up so badly. Uh, I needed an environment that was more quiet, where I could work autonomously, where, um, and as an introvert, working more for myself or within a small team. Or if you're an extrovert, you might sort of thrive working with a supportive, um, uplifting team, or at least if you're working by yourself, um, trying to make connections with people that you sort of vibe with as well so mm. I think the key to and there's no one solution there's no one answer unfortunately mm. but I think the key is to identify what is it that actually makes you thrive what do you actually need um, and sort of and working that way
0: mm. Mm. Yeah. And one other thing maybe I'd like to mention is like I experienced burnout when I was still employed. But then when I transitioned mm-hmm. into like self-employment and started my my own business full time, I experienced burnout as well because I was putting so mm-hmm. much pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. I was trying to help everyone. That was at the beginning of COVID and I, I was I wasn't taking care of myself, but I was trying to help mm. everyone else. So I think that's important to mention as well, that it doesn't always yes. have to be other environments. But if you not know, address what's behind it within yourself, what, what is, because for me, it was a lot of the things that were connected to it was me not feeling good enough and trying to prove myself and in mm. you know, all these things. So sometimes it can be really like, Deep, deep wounds that that you haven't healed from childhood or you know yes. from, from the past, and that can cause burnout or other other health issues as well. So, really, like you said, totally. we have to really go to the root and address the root causes and and heal them and release them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, it's it's. I had to. I had to hurt a little learn the lesson the hard way and that's something I'm I'm still working on and it's like like they say and when you're on a plane you have to put on your mask first mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. you can help yes, any, anyone yes. else so and yeah, I think so true we a lot of the listeners here are coaches healers themselves so that's that's definitely something I, I think it's important that because we most of us are highly sensitive that we need to really mm. take care of ourselves even when when we are self-employed or even more so i would say mm,
1: mm. oh totally yes and that people pleasing stuff is huge I think for highly sensitive people Uh, and it does stem a lot from what we've experienced as children or from our early years or the programming the messaging that we've taken in yes I think it's a huge huge thing and especially when you're in your own business you're trying to prove yourself Mm. maybe whether it's unconsciously or you're trying to you probably say yes to things a bit too much and that in itself can can burn you out as well so I think that's something that we need to be mindful of and actually the work that you do Pavlina I know that you work with women to uh, support them with chronic health issues Mm. it's interesting because there's such a strong connection between people pleasing um, and being quite sensitive and experiencing chronic health issues. Mm. Uh, Pain is a big one that I come across with people that I work with. And yeah, pain and inflammation is huge. And often if we are addressing the root cause of that, which is a lot of the time people pleasing and saying no to ourselves, but saying yes. So yeah, saying yes too much to other people, but no to ourselves. It shows up in the body, and the body wants to tell us, Hey, there's something going on here. You're not taking care of me. So I'm gonna tell you I've mm. got pain, I've got inflammation, you need to slow down, you need to pay attention to me. It's almost like this inner child <laughs> screaming out, Hey, take care of me.
0: Yeah, and the body's always talking to you, always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many messages i receive (laughs) almost on a daily basis Mm. from my body and the moment i'm not listening the moment i'm not following my guidance my intuition it will show up physically either as pain or anything else it can be like an eczema flare-up or Mm. it can be any allergies anything else a headache yeah,
1: mm, just something to get your attention
0: mm, yeah 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 so something else I'd like to talk about you mentioned the sensory overload and information overload and I know that you made a decision to leave social media as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, which I think these days is a really big one because we are taught that we need social media. And I know it's yes. it's I have this really difficult relationship with social media. And I was so excited to talk to you about this because I know as especially as highly sensitive Sensitives, intuitives, it's really, there's so much information, so much energy, and it can be so draining to trying to be active all the time and all of these things. And we all know that social media, the apps are created to be addictive as well. So even though we don't like to go on there at least me I still feel the urge to grab my phone all the time and and check if there's any new messages likes or what's going on what other people are doing oh sometimes I'm just bored and that's the first Mm -hmm. thing I tend Mm -hmm. to do so I would like you if you can share your journey with social media and what led you to actually leaving social media. I, I would love to hear all about it.
1: Yes, yes, I'm excited to talk about this as well. I've been arming and airing about leaving social media for quite a while, and I made the decision. Oh, when was it? December 2020. So it's been a few months now that I've been off social media, uh, and for a range of different reasons. And, you know, I was sort of saying before about how it's important for us highly sensitive people to recognise what environments we really need to thrive Social media was a very big part of my business, but it was starting to just become draining for me. It was Mm. starting to become, it felt really inauthentic. Um, And I'm just speaking to my experience as well. I know that there's a lot of benefits as well that people do get from social media and I'm certainly not slogging social media altogether. I know that can Mm. be a really helpful platform. Um, But just speaking to my experience and being highly sensitive it was it was sort of just draining my energy, and I started to think, oh gosh, if I, if Instagram, because Instagram was the was my main platform for my mm-hmm. business, if Instagram was a physical place. I don't think I want to go there. It would be too overwhelming. Mm. Imagine stepping into a real-life Instagram where there's all these lights and <laughs> people and noises and five-second reels and things going off. Um, mm. That, for me, would be quite overwhelming. So I started off by implementing some boundaries. I was very, I've always been very particular around who I follow. Um, I try to sort of limit my time on there as well. But I just started to find it was becoming more and more inauthentic and Mm. i think to many of us highly sensitive are very big on ethics we're very big on treating people well and and um having good morals and those types of things and the more i sort of looked into social media and understood the background of it the more i thought oh I just didn't feel like it was the right place for my business. Um, Mm. And that was just sort of, yeah, my decision at that time. And so I experimented by just stepping away for a month just to see how I felt and just to see whether, you know, the world came crashing down if I left social media, (laughs) which it didn't, of course. (laughs) Um, And I just found that month away from social media, I was rewiring my brain because I still had the, we've all got that, addiction, I suppose, mm-hmm. because it's like rewiring the brain. because, yes, it's designed so that we get those dopamine hits every time yeah. we get some sort of a notification or something. It's it's wiring us to keep checking, checking, checking our phones. Um, and that was just making me feel yuck, to be honest. And so I stepped away and it was really hard to start with to not pick up my phone. I thought, oh, gosh, I've got to do something else now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that energy that I was putting into social media, checking to make sure you know, I was engaging or making sure people were liking my stuff or Mm -hmm. making sure that people were um, connecting with what I was saying all that energy then started to go into the more meaningful stuff for me so it went into things like my podcast and being able to make the connections on my podcast I had more energy for clients to work with clients I had more energy for writing I had Mm -hmm. just a clearer mind more creativity Uh, all of that energy which was sort of just being given in little dribs and drabs to social media was now being dedicated to other things that were holding more meaning for me Um, and it's really important and I think for you as well and for a lot of us business owners is we want to create content that makes a difference and Mm. connects and and makes meaning Uh, and I felt like I was able to do that more authentically stepping away from social media and I started just researching other business owners that uh, i had some more businesses to myself that didn't use social media and the more I learned, you know, social media is a relatively new invention mm. um, compared to a lot of other things. It's been around since, well, properly, I guess, maybe around what the mid 2000s or so, which is not, mm. not that great deal of time and you think businesses have existed and thrived before social media ever existed. Yeah,
0: we tend to forget, I feel. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. It's crazy, isn't it? And we sort of think we mm. I felt like I was being pulled into this whole delusion that you have to have social media to have a successful business and I think social media thrives off that belief that we hold because then mm. we're showing up and where they're capturing our attention and they're selling our attention to advertisers and all that kind of stuff was just yeah, didn't sit right with me. And then you know they changed with algorithms and things like that. I found I wasn't reaching as many people as I used to because I wasn't getting on video and I wasn't doing reels mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing lives and all these things that you need to do, yeah. um, which is straining for me. Not only as a highly sensitive but as an introvert, I just I find it draining to be on camera and to be doing all this stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, I started to see social media for myself as sort of like junk food for my mind. I thought, oh, too much junk food, give it a break. Um, And I've been off ever since and it's not made a difference. If anything, it's made a positive impact to my business because Mm -hmm. I've got more energy to uh, dedicate to my business and to the platforms that I own because social media we don't own those platforms those social media owns our content when we put it on there but Mm. when you create a podcast or you've got your website you own that content and so I wanted to be in charge of my content I suppose (laughs) rather than Mm. giving it over to social media
0: yeah Mm. beautiful thank you for sharing that I I was wondering though if someone doesn't want to leave social media because for me it's a form of connection as well I remember Mm. when I lived in New Zealand or even now when I have friends in other parts of the world social media Facebook Instagram is a way to connect to my friends to my to my community as well but yeah the the Connection with my friends is usually because it's the form of communication for for me or, and for mm. a lot of people. So I feel like I'm not ready to leave social media completely, but mm. I've I've changed my approach as well. I don't I don't follow the advice of like marketing experts or whatever. I just post when it feels aligning, when it feels good, and when mm. I actually feel I have something to share. But I still, and I'm sure so many other people have, like I shared, like the tendency to go on way more often than I'd like to. Would you maybe have any tips how we can consciously limit social media use, how we can approach it more consciously and take control rather than let it control us? Yeah,
1: such a good question because, yes, Like I said earlier, social media can be a really helpful platform for a lot of people Mm. and I know I've certainly made some really great connections through social media, Mm. which I'm so grateful for, which I wouldn't have made otherwise. Uh, So I think with anything it's the way that you consume it which is most important. So I mentioned before about junk food. It's fine to have Mm. junk food sometimes, you know, sometimes we feel like it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. as long as we're being more mindful about it. Uh, Too much of anything I don't think is a good thing. But, yes, I I do believe that there's ways to be more conscious of our consumption of social media and to be more mindful and to use it as a tool to serve us. And I think the number one thing is the boundaries really, really, Uh, to sort of set boundaries for ourselves maybe even look at ourselves as children in a way you know what if, if it was a child going into social media what what rules would you have for them um, it might be things like well one being really particular on who you follow so if you're finding mm-hmm. that there's accounts that might trigger you a little bit or make you feel bad about yourself just you know inciting those negative feelings for yourself it might be a family member or a friend you can sort of mute that person I suppose you Mm. don't need to necessarily unfollow them but you can just make sure that you're not actually being exposed to the content that they're posting or Mm. you can unfollow them which I would suggest as well um having time boundaries as well so making sure that, you know, if, it, if you want to go on social media, totally fine, but maybe putting time limits on it. So it could be uh, limiting, it, limiting it to just in the morning, a set time in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening, or it could be uh, putting a timer on. I know that Instagram has a timer which will remind you, mm. hey, you've been on for whatever, 10 minutes now, it's very, it's very easy to ignore those timers, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one tool. It's a reminder. <laughs> um, so, yeah, time boundaries. If that's difficult, though, something that I have found helpful because I do, I've got my personal Instagram account, which is just for my friends and family. So I really Mm. go on that. I really post on it. I don't have my business Instagram anymore, but I've got my personal one just for the reasons that you said. Mm. It's nice to be able to have those connections. One thing that I find that I do is I just delete the app altogether and then Mm. if I want to go on into Instagram, I have to actually download the app and then you have to think about, okay, do I, it gives you a bit of a time buffer to think, do I really Mm. want to go on and have to download it? I have to put my password back in, just making it a little bit more difficult for yourself so you're thinking Mm. about it before getting on Uh, or the other thing i was doing too was just not having the app at all on my phone but only accessing it on desktop Mm. so i and open up my laptop, log in, go through. And then I think on your desktop as well, it's easier to have those time limits because you don't necessarily want to sit in front of your laptop and just scroll. It's easier to mm. do it on your phone. Yeah. So, yeah, th- th- I think those types of things can be helpful. And just going in with intention and just being mm. mindful that it's not, it is very difficult to exercise self control because, yes, they're designed to uh, stimulate certain parts of the brain. And there's all these mm. studies that show show that when we go onto social media it does trigger the same parts of the brain that get um that light up when we're gambling for instance or winning money or taking drugs or Mm. those types of things as well so just being mindful that we don't always have control you can't always (laughs) control it um it's it's part of the way that we're wired so putting in those measures in place can just can help i think Mm. what 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 do you find is helpful for you
0: well I actually, because I was struggling with this quite a lot, like not wanting to go on social media, and I felt myself like I shared grabbing my phone all the time. And then I asked my inner voice about it: what would be helpful, or mm. what 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 I can do instead? And my inner voice taught me, in, because I go there to for the connection, you know, and to yeah. you know, and then my inner voice said instead to go grab your phone connect go on social media connect with us take a breath and if you seek connection if you seek answers just close your eyes take a deep breath and connect with us and you will get the answers there instead of going on mm. social media and i try to practice that i'm not i'm not perfect i'm not doing it like i don't do it all <laughs> the time but it's been really helpful that way and in even when I find myself grabbing the phone, when I notice it, then sometimes I just take a deep breath and put the phone down again. And that's that's been that's been quite helpful. And yeah. and what I mentioned before as well, not pushing myself to post five times a week or whatever the suggestion is from the experts. I don't even follow like expert <laughs> advice or anything <laughs> like that, but just posting when it it feels aligning and yeah I don't I don't follow any advice I usually I just follow my inner guidance usually and that's been Mm. really helpful for me and it's a it's a work in progress definitely Mm. and I'm not sure where where this is gonna go how how it will change but i've definitely felt this in my business overall the more i listen to my own guidance follow my own guidance the more aligning it feels and the more it resonates with people as well like i when i share something that really comes from my heart from my soul that i feel inspired to post then it tends to resonate with people much more and also now i'm finding it in other areas of my business for example i was going to relaunch my program and now i it doesn't feel aligning to do a big launch you know and mm-hmm. instead of just reaching out to like doing it the old way do people who actually expressed interest just reaching out to them and connecting mm. with them personally one by one and you know create these connections and it feels mm. so much more aligning for me rather than posting random quotes or business yes. advice or health advice or w- whatever just that doesn't resonate with people. And recently also one of my clients shared with me because we, we chatted a little bit about <laughs> uh, what we are up to before we started recording. And I shared with you, I'm being guided to connect with more with the Czech community and, and do more business in Czech rather than English and one of my clients shared with me when I actually do share things in Czech rather than English it resonates so much with her then even though she understands English she was just I feel like Mm. he's being directly to me the energy is different and so yeah listening to my own guidance listening to my community my audience and feeling into what what's aligning and. Yeah, that that yes. tends, tends to be the way for me, and I feel like it's the way for everyone else. Because <laughs> but when yes. we when we follow the guidance of other people, it can be helpful. But what worked for them doesn't have to work for us, and mm, it it right. it can be like like you said. It we spent so oh, I used to spend so much time. And energy on social media trying to engage trying to create as many posts every week you know and do all these Ooh. things and you said it as well it's not even our content we don't own it so we put so much time and energy into it and then I've noticed like so, some people around me have lost their Instagram accounts or, you know, they either got stolen or Instagram shut it down for some reason, and then you lose everything. And so many people rely on social media as they, they, some of them don't even have websites and they they just have their whole businesses on Instagram or wherever. And then what happens if you lose the account? Like you, I'm sure like you something can happen and you can lose your website as well but it's yeah I it doesn't feel Mm. aligning for me to do it this way and I just yeah like I say I I share what feels aligning and I try to follow my inner voices guidance and just yes taking deep breaths
1: Yes, which, it comes which, back to that authenticity, doesn't it? That we mm. value the authenticity that it's important to do the things that are aligned for us. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it feels sometimes it feels like too easy, you know, like just take a deep breath, but it can be so mm-hmm. profound to mm-hmm. pause and take a breath or two or three, you know, and we we don't need fancy tools or anything sometimes it's really all it takes no that's right absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah so I don't know I was going to ask you if if you think it's possible to do business without social media which you already answered I mean I feel it can be as long as it feels aligning. What do you think? As long as it feels aligning and we set these ban- boundaries mm. you mentioned, then it can be a, a beautiful tool. But totally, yeah,
1: yeah. it's it, yeah. It comes back to listening to your intuition, your inner voice, your own guidance, whatever you like to call it tune into what works for you and if you are yes a business owner you're you are the CEO of your own business Mm. so you're the one that's making the decisions only you can know what's right for you and so my decision to step away from social media is not necessarily the right decision for someone else and and that's okay but just check in what's what's right for you and Mm -hmm. and what's going to sort of uplift or serve your business the best and I sort of I always think as well of the, I can't remember what the principle's called, but it's that principle where you get 80% of the results from 20% mm. of. Um, the 80-20 rule, yeah. <laughs> the 80-20 rule, yes, yes. And so when I broke things down and I looked at my business and when most people were coming in, I was getting the most engagement through my podcast or my website or through my email list. And social media wasn't even scratching the surface. And I thought, well, mm. why am I putting so much, it felt like I was putting so much more energy into social media when it was getting like no results really, when mm. I could be redirecting that energy into the things that are, are bringing me the results. So, yeah, just look at what's right for you. Where where are you getting your results? And what's, mm. um, yeah, what lights you up?
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I've got a few, let's say, rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Mm, I'm ready. <laughs> Bring it on. I know that you love reading, same as me. What are you reading right now? Oh, good question. I've always got a
1: few books on the go. Mm. So at the moment I'm reading a novel called Honeybee by Craig Sylvie, which is a novel, it's fiction. I've Mm. always got a fiction and some sort of self-help or psychology book on the go. The other thing that I've been reading as as well is The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel Mm. van der Kolk. Mm. Um, Have you heard of that book?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh Yes,
1: yes, yes. I'm always reading it in bite sizes. And there's something else that I'm reading. I'm just trying to remember what it is. Um, Oh, yes, Thriving Mind. It's called Thriving Mind and I can't think of the name of the author. But, yes, three Mm. books in the gut at the moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I always read a few books at once. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. What brings you most joy right now? What's really joyful for you at the moment? Mm
1: it's the simple things that always bring me joy. It's nothing too crazy. So, Things that bring me joy are, well, you would know Pavlina, I moved from Melbourne, Australia, to Brisbane. So mm. I'm not sure if your listeners may or may not have visited Australia before, but Melbourne is very busy. It's very congested. It's it can be very cold. So I've moved to an entirely different city where it's quite sunny most of the time. It's a slower pace of living. It's easy to access the beach. So being in nature, uh, meaningful connection, um, coffee getting good coffee Mm. cupcakes uh what else so yeah just the simple things in life bring me so much joy
0: Mm. oh it sounds perfect (laughs) (laughs) what's your guilty pleasure Mm, cupcakes
1: would be one of them absolutely i'm very much i think being highly sensitive as well i love to indulge the senses in some way so I love food um, and I need to be careful with my sweets, but cupcakes are a huge one for me. I think guilty pleasures. Oh, sometimes some trashy series on Netflix. So Mm. there's one that I just binged, um, I'm ashamed to say.
0: (laughs) So there's one. (laughs) We all do it, Becky.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Byron, Byron Bays. I'm not sure if you've heard of it.
0: I think I have actually. I haven't watched it, but I think I have. I'm actually just watching Australian Survivor. So. <laughs>
1: ah, okay, okay. <laughs> yes, I'm not I'm not much of a Survivor watcher, but I love the trashy dating mm. shows as well. Mm. Married at First oh, yeah, Sight, The Bachelor. <laughs> yes. Me
0: too, yeah. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, what is... I love to ask people or find out about people's morning practices. Do you have a morning practice, uh, morning rituals, and would you mind like sharing it with us?
1: Yes, I love morning rituals. It's my favourite time of the day. So my morning ritual, I try well, I try most of the time to get up before the sun comes up um, from my balcony. You can sort of see the sunrise. I'm sorry, my cat is scratching in the background as well, so he often <laughs> okay. likes to cameo. <laughs> um, so, yes, I like to get up in the morning, preferably just before sunrise. The sun does rise pretty early here in Queensland, which is nice, so I get the day started quite early. I like to either sit outside with a cup of tea, so brewing a nice cup of tea from tea leaves. Um, mm-hmm. I just find that ritual to be quite soothing. So rather than using tea bags, there's a beautiful brand here in Australia called Tea 2. Uh, there's um, I've got a few different ones on the go. So this morning I had a creme brulee tea. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like to just sit in a bit of quiet because once the day gets started there's not many opportunities for quiet I'm often talking to people all day and um and coaching or you know doing things so it's my time to just sort of sit and be I might meditate close my eyes I like to connect with I don't have a specific religion or anything like that but I do Mm. like to connect with what people would call maybe universe or god or goddess Mm. um and really sort of just connect with my soul and and checking with myself I like to Mm check in, just ask, Becky, how are you feeling this morning? Because we'll go through our day and we'll ask everyone how are you how are you how are you Mm. and we sort of respond in on autopilot but I like to check in with myself and ask how are you and be honest am I Mm. feeling anxious am I feeling lethargic am I feeling sad am I feeling happy am I feeling bored (laughs) whatever it may be Uh, after that I like to just sit and journal so I try to do uh, at least three pages in my journal Mm. each morning and sometimes insightful things will come up and other times it's just boring and you know, so I sort of think oh nothing's really come out of that but it's just nice to unload my thoughts onto the page um and I always like to get some sort of movement in my morning mm. as well. So depending and I know that you um do the same Pavlina sort of follow my menstrual cycle so mm. I'll go according to what my energy levels are doing. So When I'm in my inner summer, so around the sort of ovulation phase, I'll um, have more energy. So I'll do something like Pilates or strength or um, like a vinyasa yoga or go for a Mm. run. When I'm starting to slow down a little bit, I might just go for a walk or do some gentle stretching. Um, And then after that, yeah, prepare breakfast and good to go on with my day. That's sort of my Mm. morning in a
0: nutshell. I love that yeah i was wondering maybe do or if there's anything that's coming through i was gonna ask about your favorite quote but maybe is there anything your heart would like would like to share with the listeners if there's anything coming through we are on the heart connection podcast maybe yeah i would love to know Mm. is anything coming through from your heart right now (sighs) What is coming through for
1: me right now? Mm. I think, well, actually, because we are on the Heart Connection podcast, I I really love the name of your podcast as well, oh, Pavlina. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> um, yes, I think often the majority of us are living from our heads or our ego, which is which is okay. It's it's an important part of the way that we function, but we're not often tuning enough into the heart and what, and what that's telling us. Mm. And interestingly, actually, the heart has a much bigger, um, what's it called, electromagnetic Radius, I suppose, Mm, that stretches out much further than say what the brain does, Mm. Uh, and we forget that. And so often, and especially if you are highly sensitive, you can sort of get the vibe from someone else uh, as to how they're feeling, what's in their heart, what what type of person they may be. And often, it's it's very much unconscious. So I think we need to be careful to take care. It might sound a bit corny, but take care of our hearts a little Mm. bit more and and listen to what's in there and be guided by it a lot more as well. So Mm. the head is often telling us what we should be doing or what we've said or we should have done something a bit better, but I like to also tune in and be like, well, what does my heart say about that Mm. as well? Um, And it's often, it's always going to be something loving and wise, but we don't listen to it enough. Mm. Uh, So I love that, yes, heart connection, I think having living that heart connection, living through the heart each and every day is where well, we can, is very important as mm. well. That's sort of, yeah, well, that's what's come through for me anyway mm. with that question. Oh, I <laughs> love that
0: so much. Thank you for sharing that. And where can people find you, Becky, when people want to connect with you? We know you're on, mm. not on social media. Where else mm-hmm. can people find you? Yes.
1: So the best place to find me is on my website. So www. Got the living um or I've got my podcast as mm. well, so The Gentle Living Podcast. So definitely listeners should tune in and listen to your episode, That the conversation that we had a little while ago as well, Pavlina. Uh, and I've also got at the moment, I've just created a um, self-soothing guide for the highly sensitive mm. person. So it's a little freebie just with an overview of how we can soothe ourselves and take care of our nervous system a little bit more as highly sensitive people. I can't remember what the link to that is, though. We
0: we can link it in the show I'll give you the link.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you the link, and um, that's another way to sort of have a little explore of my work and see whether it's sort of the right fit for you or whether it resonates
0: for you as well. Mm. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Any last words of wisdom? Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before we wrap up? No,
1: I think think we've covered a lot. And I just want to thank you for having me on your podcast, I've really enjoyed this conversation and it's been an honour to be invited as a guest. So thank you.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming. It's been such a pleasure, such a joy to having you on. I always mm-hmm. love connecting with you. And I'm so happy that we could share this conversation with the listeners. And yeah, sending you so much love. Thank you for being here and have a wonderful day. And may all the listeners have a wonderful day as well. What a beautiful aligning and juicy conversation. There you have it, my friends. That's that's it for today. If you enjoyed the interview, if there's anything you'd like to share with, with us, with Becky and I, any takeaways, please go and take us both, me on social media or send Becky a message. We will include I will include all the links in the show notes so you can you can get in touch with either of us and if you feel it would be helpful for any of your friends or family please do share it with them because there's so many of us who are sensitive who have been called too sensitive or too emotional or anything else and like Becky said there's 20% of the population can be highly sensitive people. And this conversation I find was so helpful. And if you'd like to find out more, get in touch with Becky, listen to my interview on Becky's podcast, which I will also include the link in the show notes. And thank you so much for listening, for being here today. I'm sending you so much love from my heart to yours. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. And I will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.